Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Charlie Lawrence, and we're going to go detailed into how to set up a Facebook ad funnel. Now, I've had guests on the show in the past talk about ad funnels, but we get into the nitty gritty weeds, and I think you are going to absolutely love this episode. By the way, if you want to contact me, I am Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle, here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric? I found a great way to export your Facebook events calendar into your calendar of choice. It's the Facebook event calendar. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. So this is really interesting for those of us who uh, out there who subscribe or I should say mark that we are going or even maybe and interested to going to Facebook events on Facebook and want to then maybe have those things remind us that we've said we're going to them in our actual work calendar or our, our life calendar. This is a way to do that. So what you do is you go to this uh, web app, which is eventcal.flown.io. And right there, you paste in the Facebook calendar, and then it will export it out as either a system calendar or a Google calendar that you can then throw into your calendar and subscribe to it. Huh. So you just paste the URL of the calendar into this thing, and then it just automatically adds it to your regular calendar is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you what it does is, I mean, and it, what it does is it actually takes the the URL of your Facebook events and then you can even choose uh, to say, uh, have it be all the ones that I'm going to or the, that I've marked I'm going to or all the ones that I've said maybe and interested or even ones that you were invited to but you've not yet responded to, which that's dangerous. I wouldn't do that. But uh, so again, I could say, hey, if, I, if I'm on Facebook, I can say going and then I know that's going to show up on my calendar in Outlook or whatever tool I'm using automatically. So do you have to, after clicking, going to an event, go back into this thing and paste it in to have a copy or what? What is this, an extension? No, no, because you do this one-time setup of using this tool to connect your the URL from your Facebook account that is that is kind of exporting, quote, your your events that you've said yes to or or no to or whatever into this. And it will then create a URL you throw into your uh, calendar. It'll automatically update from that. So it kind of creates a special calendar on your calendar. 
Got it. Yeah, and then whatever exactly, exactly. And whatever events are there just automatically show up. But the key thing is you have to like log in with your Facebook account and grant it permission or something like that. Is that yeah, exactly. Sound? That's exactly how you do it. And then that way again, I don't have to think about it. And then I can say yes to, for example, like a social media marketing world. And then that'll show up on my calendar automatically and I won't have to go put it there. Does it copy? I would imagine it must copy some of the information off the Facebook. Yeah, it's event. going to pull in all the information that's available into the uh, you know the information slots on the calendar when you double click it in your normal calendar. So, all right, go ahead and say the URL again and spell out because it was part of it where it could be interpreted differently. If I recall, sure, totally, yeah. yeah. So it's eventcal.flown.io. That's eventcal e v e n t c a l dot F L O W N dot I O. Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for my interview with Charlie Lawrence. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Charlie Lawrence. If you don't know who Charlie is, he is a Facebook ads expert and founder of Gecko Squared, an agency that targets high growth e-commerce businesses. He's also a writer and contributor at Social Media Examiner. Charlie, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. I'm real excited to have you. Today, Charlie and I are going to talk about Facebook ad funnels, and we're going to talk about a framework that you, regardless of what kind of industry you're in, could apply to your Facebook ads. Now, before we go there, Charlie, I'd love to hear your backstory. Start wherever you want to start. Uh, How did you end up getting into Facebook ads? Okay. So what I'm going to say next is probably, it's going to sound a little bit cliche, but my inspiration for becoming a marketer and an entrepreneur and business in general comes from my father. So he he is a career marketer. He's marketed in startups, in corporate, and he's run his own very successful marketing consultancy. And so by the time I got to choosing what I wanted to study at university, it was a no-brainer that I was going to study business management. So I went to Cardiff University I studied business management there. I got a first class honors and I finally found something that I was good at. And really, I made two important decisions whilst I was at university that I can now look back on. And without them, I wouldn't be talking to you today. 
So the first one was getting real world experience of marketing. So I went and worked at a marketing agency and did client account management. And that's really where I dived into uh, Google AdWords and Facebook advertising. And it was great to see how marketing was applied outside of education because at university they taught it one way. It was very um, theoretical. You know, Facebook and Google advertising weren't even on the syllabus. Mm. Uh, this was, you know, back in 2010. So things may have changed now. But getting that experience then led me to make the second decision, which was to found my first company whilst I was at university. So I actually created an app development company with an old school friend of mine. And we ran that for a couple of years before he decided to move on to a family venture. And so by that time, you know, I'd left university. This was 2014. And I had another really big decision to make. Did I go back to the agency job and, you know, work in the agency? I'd become really good friends uh, with the co-founder of the business. and. That was, you know, the more traditional path. That was the one kind of my parents wanted for me to take. And every, all of my friends and everyone else was like, oh, just do that. That's what most people do when they leave university. They go and get a job in, in the field that they're interested in. But what I actually decided to do instead was go out on my own and start my own marketing agency. And this is when Gecko Squared uh, was born. This was back in 2014. And so... I then kind of used all the knowledge I'd gained from the previous agency experience and building up that kind of first company, which ultimately um, failed. But we learned a lot through trial and error, and and it really failed ultimately because we didn't have enough money to put in for customer acquisition because we were students at the time. But this company was going to be different, and so. A lot of the knowledge that I have now and and how and what I can attribute my success to to get to this point, to get to being you know on the show with you and having built up this agency where we work with amazing clients and and this framework that we're going to talk about in the podcast, is that it's a lot of experiencing the ad platform. and you can read all the books and articles you want, but nothing is going to beat spending money and getting that real world experience. And that's kind of what I've done to shape my marketing career to date to get to where I am now. A lot of trial and error and a lot of money paid to Facebook uh, in particular. Awesome. So tell me what today Gecko Squared does what exactly? So Gecko Squared helps high service, um, high growth businesses, uh, particularly e-commerce companies, we enable them to massively increase their revenue by leveraging this all framework funnel that is going to take their target audiences from strangers to paying customers and deliver consistent results that they can rely on month after month. Excellent. Perfect setup. So let's talk about Facebook ad funnels. Um, why do we need to worry about them as marketers? Talk to us. Facebook ad funnels are really important because it's a funnel that allows you to develop the consistency in results that you get from a platform like Facebook. You see, without having some type of funnel, if you're just running sales-based ad campaigns to cold audiences, 
you you can't rely on them anymore to deliver results month after month. You know, we're not in this kind of what I would call the super golden era of Facebook advertising where you could just run one campaign. You wouldn't even have to change your ads and you could just get sales after sales after sales to cold audiences. Now that the platform is so much more complex, the demand for advertising has increased hugely over the last kind of four or five years and that Facebook advertising is actually increasing in cost, you can't rely on those ad hoc campaigns to deliver the sustainable results that you need to grow your business. And so this is where a funnel is so important because you can nurture people from that stranger state to then becoming a paying customer. Maybe define what a funnel is for those that, uh, you know, when it comes to ads, and then let's get into kind of what are the elements of a good funnel. Okay, so a funnel in terms of ads is just a series of ad campaigns that your target audiences are going to see and move through based on their engagement with your business, both on Facebook and on your own website. Got it. So what do you want to say to people who have a big email list? Do they need to have a Facebook ads funnel also? Yeah, definitely. You want to basically be using that email list and remarketing to those email subscribers through the level one campaigns that we're going to talk about. Uh, But also, you want to basically be using a funnel to continue to grow your email list as well. So there's kind of a two pronged approach on how you can use Facebook ad funnels if you have a big email list. It it allows you to run an integrated strategy that's going to deliver better results. Okay, so um, let's talk about what makes up for what makes for a good funnel. Like, let's talk about the different parts of the framework here. Okay, so, you know, we've developed the all framework, which is this proprietary ad funnel that essentially attracts engages and converts people on Facebook. So it consists of three stages. You have awareness, level one remarketing and level two remarketing. And so people are going to move through these levels based on their engagement with your ad campaigns, both on Facebook and on your website. And it allows you to essentially take someone from a stranger to a paying customer in the shortest amount of time possible by showing the right ads to the right people at the right time. So if I just break down briefly those stages at the awareness stage, you're positioning kind of content and the job of that content is to educate or entertain your audience and really deliver value so you can build up recognition and credibility in the newsfeed. And then you can introduce level one remarketing campaigns, which is an engagement based Facebook ad campaign where you want to position particular offers to drive website traffic. And then finally, at level two, you have your website remarketing, which is going to close out your all framework. So someone can go from the top, let's say by watching a piece of video content, to then seeing a product ad, then going to your website. You know, They're probably not going to convert on that first visit to your site. As we know, cart abandonment rates are really high online in e-commerce. And then Based on that, they're going to then be hooked into your level two campaign for you to re-engage and bring them back to your site. So if I can back this up for a second, Mm -hmm. um, well, first of all, let me summarize what I'm hearing you say. Uh, The awareness phase, which is the first part of the funnel, is when you get a chance to educate and entertain uh, an audience. And then the level one remarketing is engagement based uh, with the goal of getting them 
go to your website, presumably. And then level yeah. two is remarketing to those people who did not become a customer. That's that's the high level of the framework. Is that correct? Yeah, that is exactly right. So let me back up for a second and ask, what are, you know, for marketers that are, and we might have skimmed past this and maybe we ought to back the train up a little bit. Okay. What what do most marketers get wrong? Um, said another way, are marketers even using funnels? <laughs> and if they're not using funnels, what the heck are they doing? That's a really, really good point. And I'm glad you asked that question because what most people are getting wrong with Facebook advertising is that they're selling too early and they're not even using a funnel. So what most people run are kind of ad hoc campaigns and they just position sales, um, sales-based ads to all of their target audiences, whether they're cold, warm, or hot. And this is a kind of a recipe for eventual disaster because you can only push so much from a sales perspective on Facebook. It's not like Google where there are people actively searching for your products and services. You know, people are on Facebook to consume content from their friends, their family members, and obviously businesses. And so if you're not running a content angle in, you know, this kind of awareness stage, you are missing out on kind of warming up a huge, huge, huge market within your target audience. Yeah. And I mean, I can speak from experience. Uh, we make this very same mistake here at Social Media Examiner. Um, as of this recording, we are advertising Google Analytics for Marketers seminar. Mm -hmm. And the way we did it was we started by making what we thought was our best pitch ad, for lack of better words, right? Just yeah. selling people on this seminar online. And we went after a whole bunch of cold audiences. And right out of the gate, we got some good sales. But then it just dropped off. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then all of a sudden, the cost per acquisition was crazy expensive. And then we shut down our cold ads. And we're like, okay, time to go to website remarketing. <laughs> I mean, is, have you heard this story before? Oh, literally, yeah. This is this is like verbatim of another um, of loads of stories I hear from uh, potential clients when they, they come to the agency is, they say, Facebook ads aren't working for me. We ran lookalike audiences. My cost per purchase was, you know, really profitable. And then all of a sudden or over, you know, the two or three months we were running Facebook ads, it just kept on increasing and it's now un unsustainable. It's not profitable. Facebook advertising just doesn't work for my business anymore. Right. Um, and for me as a marketer, that is, I find that really sad um, as Facebook, when done correctly, is the most powerful advertising channel for pretty much anyone's business because the reach of Facebook and Inst um, obviously when I mentioned Facebook, I'm also talking Instagram as well because Facebook owned Instagram and Instagram is part of the Facebook ad platform as well. It's a, it's, it's a placement option that you can select. And so when, when I hear people almost giving up on Facebook advertising because they've had a similar experience to yourself where They've just run cold audience campaigns with a, you know, a promotion and they've saturated that hyper responsive segment and they're not warming up or nurturing, you know, the other 99% of people in their audience. It, it, it's, it's this idea that you almost have to change your mentality around advertising because advertising traditionally is very black and white in terms of we're selling this, this is our ad. Whereas on Facebook, you've got to have this content element to it. Yeah. And, you know, 
there's a lot of marketers saying, well, hold on a second. I got to educate and entertain. That's yeah. not my division. I'm in marketing. <laughs> what do you want to yeah. say? That, you know, and they might say the job of marketing is to pitch the product and promote the product. So how do they need to reframe their thinking on this? And, you know, what do they do if they're not used to entertaining and educating? It's a very good point. And it, it's something that we, again, have to have to deal with when when talking to potential clients and, and you know, writing the articles I write for, for you guys and, and on the blog. And what it comes down to is you have to think more holistically in the approach and not just look at what marketing assets and resources you have to sell, but how can you add that value first? And then it, it's like, um, like Gary Vaynerchuk puts this really well. It, it's the... Uh, you want to jab, jab, jab and jab. then put yeah. in that right hook, essentially. Yeah, so you want to give, 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 and then ask for something because too many people are asking and the consumer is now really intelligent that they can see through a lot of that straight away. And I'll add a little bit to this. Um, we are a media company, so we understand the value of educating um, yeah. and, and a little bit of entertainment. But, you know, uh, for example, we regularly produce this podcast as an educational piece of content. We regularly publish articles almost every day on Social Media Examiner, which are educational pieces of content. So what I'm hearing you say is, hey, chances are pretty good your company is producing some form of content that is either educational and or entertainment. We just have to be thinking about the fact that we need to be publishing some of that on Facebook in the form of an ad. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, that's exactly right. You want to take that because when people think of content marketing, they really think the organic side of things. So they think, you know, I want to get it to rank on Google um, and I want to get uh, a really good or yeah, or YouTube um, and I want to get a good organic presence. But with this funnel and with this framework, what you really want to do is amplify your content through advertising. Talk to us more about that. Okay. So by doing that at this awareness stage, what I'm really talking about is this educational and entertaining content types. So when you look at content as a whole, there are those two categories. And most businesses can think of entertaining content really easily when it comes to Facebook and Instagram. You know, that's the typical type of content that you see. And we really bracket it into kind of three different types. So you've got the brand story, uh, which pretty much all businesses should create. It's one of the first pieces of content we ask clients to create um, if they haven't already got a brand story video. Uh, and that's because it's investing in the why behind the business and telling your story is so important now. And you know, I like to look at Apple and Android as two examples, right? So two of the biggest phone manufacturers. And if you look at their devices, you can get a pretty similar spec phone. Um, there's not, you know, it's not too dissimilar between the latest iPhone and the latest Android phone. However, you have these loyal kind of fan bases of people who love Apple and hate Android and people who love Android and hate Apple. And that comes down to building the brand and the brand values, which you can really easily communicate in a brand story video. So, you know, that's a piece of um, entertaining content that you can create. But then, you know, sitting alongside that, you also have 
viral content. I, I really don't like using the word viral because that sounds like you have some control over when it goes viral or if it goes viral, which you actually, you absolutely don't. Um, but it's that kind of, you know, memes and that more kind of internet based content, um, mm-hmm. that you typically see on Facebook and Instagram. It's the classic, you know, cat videos, all of those types of things, but applied specifically to your business. You don't want to just copy other pieces of content um, outside of the context of your business. It's got to actually have some relevance to your business. And then the final uh, type of entertaining content is the kind of behind the scenes, the process driven kind of vlog content that you can create very much like, I really like what you created at Social Media Examiner, which is the journey. Right. So, you know, that's what I would consider entertaining content that is, you know, vlog style. Um, And that is another great example of entertaining content. But the other side to this or the other kind of side of this coin is educational content. And a lot of people kind of gloss over this because they think, oh, Facebook and Instagram, people aren't there to learn. Um, They're there just to, you know, browse their newsfeed and share that latest hilarious meme or video that's going viral. And so with educational content, again, there are these kind of three buckets of content that we look at. So you have the classic how-to content. So normally in a B2B environment, uh, this is the go-to content type. It's the educational piece where you're teaching someone directly in your video content how to do something or about a process. Uh, You know, something we use you know, I use personally a lot for our own Facebook advertising around teaching people about uh, key features of Facebook advertising, mistakes that people make. You know, we've got a whole load of different content around that. And then, you know, second and third, you have the kind of creation process for educational content. And this is what we tend to see if you're in a really creative business. So if you're in like an art or design based business and this type of content works extremely well at this awareness stage. So when I talk about creation, how we've seen clients use it is time-lapsing content. So it's a creation process for, let's say, I'll give you an example. It's the best way to illustrate it. We had a client that merchandised, it was an artist, but merchandised their designs. So they put their art on, you know, mugs, on cushions, and it was a kind of a homeware brand. And so... What they did is they created time-lapse of the person actually drawing out the art, which we then ran as awareness stage content to their, tar- to their target audiences, which gave the target audience an insight they wouldn't previously get. Hmm. Um, they'd just see the end product, and this is the behind-the-scenes. Right? This is like the behind-the-scenes version of um, entertaining content. And then just finally from a broader perspective of educational content, you can look at it from an industry perspective. So not just this is how you do X, Y, or Z. It's taking a broader industry topic and building your content around that. Again, as an example, we had a client that was uh, in the kind of supplement industry and they were looking, their kind of core product was around antioxidants. And so a huge educational piece for them was educating people around what antioxidants are in the first place so they can understand why they would need their product next and you can't have one without the other you can't we couldn't just sell that product 
because you need that education first. Um, and those are, you know, six examples of different types of content that you can run at the awareness stage split between educational and entertaining. Now, I guess the question that comes to mind are all these video products? That is a really good question. And the answer is, at the moment, yes. And I know the social media um, examiner report has some interesting research around video engagement on Facebook. But still, of all the content types you can run on Facebook through their advertising platform, you know, things like podcasts and, and guides and webinars and blog articles, nothing is more effective at building up a high quality low cost audience than video right now in another two or three years time this may change but you know cent for cent penny for penny you can build up really good low cost audiences and take them from that cold state to that warm state through um you know video view campaigns so are we targeting anyone who watched any of our videos X percent or longer into an audience? Or what are we doing with this phase, if you will, to get them into the next phase? Because I'm sure that there's something there, right? Yes, definitely. So from a consumer's perspective, video is just really engaging. It's often more engaging than any other content type. But as you kind of hit the nail on the head there, from an advertiser's perspective, you have the ability to build up video custom audiences. And this then allows you to obviously group people based on the video that they've watched as well as their level of engagement. And they then become your level one remarketing audiences, which you then position your you know product and service offerings at that level one stage of the all framework. What percent, I, I'm, I'm, remind me what the options are, like three, yeah. three second okay. view versus 5% yeah, yeah. or something. What is it? Mm-hmm. So you've got three seconds, 10 seconds, 25%, 50%, and 95%. So which ones are you typically using when you're trying to build your level one audience to begin running your next phase of the funnel? So what you want to do is target the kind of highest level of engagement that allows you to have a good audience size. And that's going to depend on two things. Number one, um, how long your videos are. Because if you have really long videos, particularly for educational content, and when I say long videos, I'm talking anything more than a minute is now considered kind of long on Facebook. It's crazy um, to say that, isn't it? <laughs> isn't, isn't it just ridiculous? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's mad. So anything longer than a minute, um, you know, you want to shoot for 25, 50, 75, and 95%. Um, obviously, anything shorter than a minute, if you're you know, particularly under 30 seconds, um, you know, you want to shoot for that 50% um, or higher because, you know, when you work out the percentages, you look at how long someone's actually engaged for with your video content. Does it allow you to target those who watch with the sound on versus the sound off or does it not give you that option? No, it doesn't give you that option. Um, so we ought to use be... captions, don't we? I mean, because yes. most people are probably not turning the sound on is my guess, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely. So you want to hundred percent use captions if there's any like spoken audio on your videos. Um, yeah, it's without it. You, you wouldn't think it would make a big difference because it's just, Oh, it's just captions. You know, how many people are actually watching content with captions? Because, you know, on YouTube, people probably don't do that a lot, but on Facebook, because, uh, that's how people are, you know, they're scrolling through their newsfeed. Right. They're not, 
it auto plays with sound off. They might be in a public place where they can't turn yeah, the audio on. Exactly. So um, this first phase, this edu- this um, uh, what do we call in this first phase? Um, uh, awareness stage. Yeah. I would imagine you could do it with or without a budget, right? I mean, if you have a decent sized page, you could just put organic content up there and start mm-hmm. targeting those people, or you can make ads out of this. Am I correct or no? Yes, you can. You know, if you have the organic reach, then you can push out your video content. Um, and build out those video custom audiences just from the impact of organic. You can obviously amplify that with paid, um, or you can just go, you know, if you don't have a lot of organic reach or a lot of, or a big page or Instagram following, you can just go straight in on the advertising side of things and start targeting those cold um, audiences at the awareness stage, you know, your lookalikes and your interest-based audiences as well. How important is social proof said another way, you know, if we're targeting the same piece of content across lots of audiences, do we mm-hmm. need to somehow make sure we're somehow tying that all back to the one video so it gets all the views and the likes and the comments? Yeah, definitely. So you want to use what's called the post ID method where you can keep the same um, social proof that, you know, the likes, the comments, the view count as well across your different ad sets. Because if you don't and you just if you simply duplicate when you're creating your campaigns, uh, your ad sets and your ads, then although the ad is identical, Facebook gives it its own unique ad ID and it's actually different in their system. So you want to use that post ID method where you take the ID from your page post section and then paste it into the existing post part of the ad creation. So if you started organic, you can still accomplish that or no? Uh, good question. And yes, you can, you can actually just select the organic post from the, uh, kind of library matrix that they've created when it says use existing post, uh, you can choose a page post that you want to use. Perfect. Okay. So, um, let's say we built up a audience or a couple, let's talk about the next phase of the process here, which is level one, mm-hmm. um, remarketing is this I'm sorry, level one. Yeah, what is it? Remarketing, is that right or no? Yeah, it's, it's level one remarketing, yeah. So talk to us, what does that mean again? Okay, so that's basically engagement-based remarketing where you're running ad campaigns that are positioning your products or services to people that have previously engaged with your business on Facebook or Instagram. Cool, so, so what do we need to know about this phase? So the really important thing at this phase of the all framework is that you want to look at two things. You want to look at your positioning and your messaging. So that is the what you're presenting to people and how you're actually presenting it in your in your ads. So here you're building consideration of your products or your services, depending on your business, in the eyes of your target market, and you're driving highly targeted website traffic. So this is where we're finally like selling on Facebook. Um, and what you want to do here is you want to present different offers depending on your business type. So if we look at e-commerce as an example, the tried and tested and the best type of offer that you can run for e-commerce that we found having run thousands of these ads is some type of price incentive. Mm-hmm. So it could be a product discount. It could be a product discount linked to an, a minimum spend. It could be free shipping. You get the idea. You know, Discounts right. have been around for so many decades. They just work extremely well as a 
mechanism to convert people from you know someone who's never bought from your business to a customer because you you got to look at the psychology behind it and, and what discounts actually do as well as providing a monetary benefit they're also reducing the risk associated um, with buying from you so you're decreasing that monetary risk that someone has when you're presenting them an offer uh, with a discount on your products one question i've got is you know if you've been doing this content play right which is the mm -hmm. awareness level, they may not even be aware of the products that you have to offer. So let's just say you've been delivering all this classic how-to valuable content. Yeah. And maybe you've been sharing a little bit of the behind the scenes of mm -hmm. how you do what you do, but they still might not be aware of what the heck you sell. So mm -hmm. would they potentially see a disconnect or is there some other stuff that because if they're not looking for the product i'm not sure a discount's going to make a difference um i'm just speaking out loud here talk to me yeah no that's fine so it's it's having that connection in some way basically from your awareness stage to your level one stage uh and that's that's typically based on deciding what you want to promote at your level one and then almost kind of working backwards on what content you can create that's somewhat related to it. But what we've actually found at the awareness stage, when you do content correctly, you'll find a lot of people navigate themselves to your own website. You know, we've actually seen purchases or leads generated when you isolate just that awareness stage. Uh, so, you don't have to worry as much about that Got it, because they get to know the you they get to yeah. know you they get to know the brand they might mm -hmm. be curious and they might go and they might actually check out your products just because they kind of yes. liked some of what you provided to them which was valuable is that what i'm hearing yeah. you say yeah definitely so um Obviously, not everyone who's listening right now has got the ability to offer discounts. So and are there any other things we can do at this level other than discounts? Yeah, definitely. So you don't obviously just have to position discounts. That's one option. You can just position product itself from mm. an e-commerce perspective. You don't have to price incentive. Um, we've seen this. This is the thing. It's if you can that is going to get you better results. Right. However, we know that not all companies can. So you can just position, you know, benefit-driven ads related to the products that you offer. But also from a service perspective, if you're a service provider and obviously a discount doesn't really make sense at that stage, you can present some type of initial touch point so that's just a free consultation, a um, how, however you want to brand some type of 14 day free trial, example. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Software could be a free trial, um, you know, for an actual local business. It could be a um, it could be. Well, if you're a service, it could totally be like a free trial or whatever. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Or a free consultation, depending. Free right? consultation, strategy yeah. session. Right. Um, you know, you name it. Any, however you want to brand it, just getting people free on the dessert. phone. If that's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that's a key part of uh, how you convert people into customers. Got it. And so at this stage, we're kind of employing what many marketers are probably familiar with, but the difference is connecting from. Uh, I guess the difference is we're targeting it to the audiences that we've created in in level in the awareness stage. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. You're, you're targeting people that have engaged with your business. And so you've got that video content side, but also 
you definitely don't want to forget about your page and profile engagements as well because you know that is a whole group of people that are also you know interacting with your business both from an organic perspective and on your ads and so having those two types of audiences um, really you know increase the results at that level one stage and just for people that might not have caught what you were saying there explain the difference between those different engagement audiences Okay, so you've got your Facebook page engagement audience, which groups everyone uh, based on people who have interacted with your Facebook page, and you can narrow it down to, um, you know, people who have sent your Facebook page messages, people that have engaged with your organic posts and ads, or just kind of everyone that has had some interaction with your page, and then Instagram has a similar thing, but it's for Instagram profile visits, mm. and it runs the same engagement criteria where you can take people who have interacted with your organic posts and your ads on Instagram and obviously, you know, everyone, but also people that send you direct messages or people who have even saved um, or bookmarked uh, your ads or organic posts in their feed as well. So these two are going to are going to group all your video audiences together also, aren't they? Or are they? I mean, do we separate? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if you've been if you've been. Yeah. So do we want to like somehow separate those so that we get a better clean audience? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, you don't have to separate them um, simply because really it depends on what time duration you set for your audiences. So video view engagement audiences are typically much shorter in duration, um, whereas your page engagement and profile engagement audiences are typically much longer in duration. So you're going to have you know, larger page engagement and profile audiences compared to video because you want to essentially want to reduce that touch that time to touch point uh, based on how frequently people uh, are interacting either with your videos or your Facebook page. So, so what's your typical like seven days or something like that for the video versus like 30 days for the page? Yeah. 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 It's like that. So you can run again, the duration is mainly defined by your budget. So obviously the more you spend and the more you're funneling in the awareness stage, then the shorter your duration can be because you're building up audiences faster. So yeah, you can run a seven day for your awareness stage and then you know a 30, 60, even 90 and 180 day for your page engagement or profile engagement audiences. Do you find that these engagement audience ads are far more economical than just traditional cold audiences and i don't know just yeah talk, yeah are they yeah okay. yeah definitely a hundred percent because it's it's you've just got to think of it as going from targeting someone that has never seen you in their newsfeed, has never heard of your business through cold traffic so your lookalikes and your interest-based audiences or targeting someone that's had some engagement with you um either organically or from a paid perspective there's some level of recognition or credibility or authority that you can develop by them previously interacting with you that means you see you know better cpms a better engagement rate in those level one ads and ultimately better results from your level one stage as a whole in terms of your return on ad spend uh, or the leads you're generating depending on what type of business you are excellent now let's talk about this last stage the second l mm -hmm. level two remarketing talk to us about that what does that mean Okay, so level two remarketing is your website remarketing. And, and we broke basically 
website remarketing into its own section because although it's a custom audience in ads manager um, it sits in the custom audiences window alongside you know video views and page this re- this requires it's a whole separate level because of the temperature of the traffic um, of, of the audience basically so with website traffic it's the hottest audience that you can target because not only um like in level one where they've engaged with your business previously on Facebook, these people have visited your website but not converted. So the goal here is to drive conversions by re-engaging people that haven't taken that next action in your sales funnel, if that's you know become a lead or become a customer, depending on, again, what business you have. And really, the big thing here is that these are going to be your most profitable Facebook ad campaigns that you run doesn't matter what the client is. It doesn't matter what your business is. When you do level two remarketing correctly, they will generate an extremely high return on ad spend. You know, we're talking, we've seen double digit return on ad spend from uh, these level two campaigns. Now, the problem is you got to get a decent amount of traffic to your sales page (laughs) to have a big enough audience, right? Which is, which is where level one comes in. Am I right? Yes, 100%. So, uh, you know, as you can see, this is funneling people at each of those stages where you can continuously build up your website traffic by running those level one campaigns, which in turn is going to populate your level two campaigns and your level two audiences. So you can then show them the, um, we call it the RTM method. So it's three different ad types called reminders, testimonials, and messenger. Okay. Uh, reminders might be the reminder of what a sale ending or what would it mean? Yeah. So it's developing some kind of urgency. It can really just be as simple as reminding that someone visited your site and looked at certain products. Right. Um, and, and to remind them that whatever you positioned in level one, if it is that discount or if it is just a certain product that you're promoting, that it's still available, um, that there's still time for them to buy it. And then testimonials. Talk to us about mm-hmm. that. So testimonials are super important. I can't stress enough. If you aren't gathering customer testimonials or client testimonials for your business, um, you know this is going to massively help your Facebook advertising. So testimonials allow you to build social proof, uh, which in turn gives people the confidence and trust that they need to buy from you or, or become a lead in your business or, or inquire, you know, whatever that final step is. And what we found is that when you actually use testimonials in ad copy, that seems to be the most effective way of using them. Rather so than not, just a video, you actually yeah, put the, r- yeah. Rather than a video testimonial, what we found is if you run testimonials in ad copy and then you reiterate um, whatever promotion it was or whatever you're actually selling in that final level two ad, and then having a call to action in there to send them to your website and having your creative matching whatever you're promoting, that has delivered better results than having your creative as your, you know, a video testimonial, for example. So what was the third option? You said reminders, uh, mess- testimonials, uh, yeah. and what was the last one? Uh, messenger. Talk to us about that. Okay. So Messenger is a really interesting one because it only works for certain businesses. Whereas reminders and testimonials, um, you can pretty much use for all types of businesses. 
Messenger are best used for high-end service businesses where there's a lot of consideration required for the purchase, typically because the price point is much higher mm. and the lead time is much longer. So Messenger allows you to create a really quick, simple, easy touch point with your potential customers, and then you can move them through the rest of your sales funnel. Kind of like, hey, have you got questions about product XYZ? Yes. Click here and one of our mm -hmm. staff will help answer your questions, something along those lines? Nailed it. 100%. Yeah, just like that. So we've actually used that as an example for a high-end service client of ours um, where they are you know, s selling a really bespoke service that costs a lot of money. It was, hey, we saw you were interested in this service. Got any questions? Just shoot us a message on Messenger and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And then that allows, you know, the business to ignite that conversation and then they can move them through the rest of that sales funnel, whether it's then moving it to a phone call or moving it to a different page on the website. You then have the flexibility to do that uh, through your Messenger conversations. Charlie, I just want to say this was freaking awesome. <laughs> really good. Yeah, thank you. I felt, you like, I felt like I just had like a masterclass in Facebook ads funnels. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of people are thinking the same. Uh, tell everybody where they can discover more about you if they want to reach out or contact you. Yep. Okay, definitely. So um, we actually just put together a detailed video training and 30-page guide on this all framework that you can find at charlielawrence.co.uk forward slash SMM. We've created a special page just for um, social media marketing podcast listeners. Um, Lawrence is a weird spelling. It's two A's in Lawrence, L-A-W-R-A-N-C-E. So if you want to find out more about the all framework, uh, you can do so there. Personally, um, you can find me on social media, just Charlie Lawrence across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And then finally, I've got the blog, charlielawrence.com, and of course, the agency website, uh, geckosquared.co.uk, and there you can find you know, more info on the services we provide as well. Okay, cool. And I'm just going to repeat that URL. It was Charlie Lawrence. L-A-W-R-A-N-C-E. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Dot C-O dot U-K slash S-M-M. That'll yep. get them to that guide you were talking about. Yeah. So it's a video training and an in-depth guide as well. Awesome. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insight with us. Thank you so much for having me. Really grateful that I could be on the show. Thank you so much, Mike. By the way, if there was anything in this episode you missed, we take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 362. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world in a good way. See you soon. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.